From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel, providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. I'm very excited to have a guest, special guest today, uh, named Yali Harari, who's a co-founder and CEO of Innovesta Technologies. Yali's been creating and leading organizations for over 25 years in the fields of technology, software, and services. She's held senior management positions for companies both in Israel and the U.S. Yali's also the co-founder and New York lead of SuperSonos, a social organization dedicated to paving the way for balanced presence of women in influential and decision-making positions by raising awareness for gender equality on a national and global scale. Welcome, Yali. Thank you for having me, Philip. My pleasure. Um, so let's get started. And uh, I'm going to start with what I led with in your introduction, the company, your CEO. You founded a company from what I've read, relying on artificial intelligence and searching open data source to help people make investments. How did you come to embrace AI or artificial intelligence and put it to use in this context? Is, is your platform what I would call the quote-unquote Watson of stock investing? So, Vesta uh, is a platform that helps retail, non-accredited, and accredited investors to make better decisions. In today's world, We all want to invest. The online world of investment is growing and changing. There's so many types of platforms, crowdfunding, crowd equity, peer-to-peer lending. We move from platform to platform in the online world, and the question still remains where to invest. What's the right company? Shall we rely on one guru? Is uh, FOMO, fear of missing out, the one reason to invest with others? So after we did some research, we developed in in Innovesta a hybrid model. We use both open source intelligence as well as collective wisdom of relevant people to create a view of companies that looks very differently at leadership of the company, integrity of the company, and what they put out there, and and its agility in very different uh, ways. So in our case, uh, artificial intelligence is used in some places, not just one. We understand the investor flavors. We understand the type of companies they like, which might not necessarily just be, you know, they're profitable or not, or other people invested in them or not, really their flavor. We look at objectivity models of uh, so where's the source of all the information about the company coming from? Is it their self-nomination or is it really out there? And then AI helps us to match the right crowd to come in and talk about this company. So not only do we crawl the internet and understand what's out there, you know, open information, open source intelligence, but we also do what we call uh, in Intel terms, the human intelligence, the human part, and uh, help verify and validate and share opinions about this company, which are unbiased and objective. So, I don't know that we are the Watson, quote-unquote, of stock investing, <laughs> okay. but I think we are, quote-unquote, the new Bloomberg terminal of, 
uh, of everybody's uh, online investment. And as you said before, this this is open to uh, credit investors, non-credit. In other words, it's it's really open to to the entire spectrum of anyone who would want to invest. Correct. And, and not only that, our in- index and our scoring of companies based on their agility and integrity is also going to be immutable on the public blockchain in our next version. So everybody can always see what the company said, what's the history of the company, so we cannot just remake stories and, uh, you know, for the next round of investment. Uh, we believe in being more transparent in the investment world, both from the investor side and the entrepreneur side, and that's what we're building. So in, in light of what you just said and in light of how you're, you're, you use the term trolling open source information out there, we, we hear a lot about fake news, how it impacted the last presidential election. Could, could fake news have an effect on the results that your technology could bring? So uh, we take fake news out of the equation because we allow hundreds of analysts uh, to verify whatever is out there on the internet, and it's only by invitation using our uh, smart engine. So uh, as the question of how companies, you know, use uh, fake news, it's really a clearer question than how it's being used in politics. So we're not solving politics, but definitely because we are only inviting the relevant people to be part of the conversation, we believe our system is not just itself clean of fake news, but we also, the process itself, vets fake news out of the information investors are getting. There's a lot of press releases today on the web that are just not true. Um, there's a lot of uh, information about executives joining companies that is not true. Wow. So investors get all those decks, and uh, we have developed this decentralized process to really clean so we clean the information we see out of uh, fake news, and also because we invite people, we are also free of that. And there's a term in Hebrew, uh, a negative term, halbanat hon, but you're doing halbanat chadashot. You're you're cleaning Correct. you're cleaning the, <laughs> the news, which is which is really a great great thing. Um, could could an Innovestas someday replace portfolio managers? You know, I feel if we live in a world where a lot of uh, jobs are going to be redefined. So potentially, yes, it's a great question. Investor can replace the managers who just use to pass information to their clients. I think using our platform, smart and advanced portfolio managers will be able to have insights and new context to support their clients with better decision making. But it's definitely a game changer in how we see investment. But portfolio managers could be what I'm hearing, use your technology to help their their clients. Correct, correct. Because, uh, right. again, um, it's very cost-effective to understand what's going on with your portfolio and understand what's happening on the web without having your own thousands of people working on it uh, just through our... Yeah, and I, and I think from my own practice I, of my clients, I'd say only a small minority really want to manage their own money, okay? Um you know, I think it's, uh, you know, people have chosen, drifted over the years into the world of uh, ETFs and mutual funds 
because they just yes. didn't have the talent or the time and mo let's say moved away from what was once called a broker today it's a portfolio manager but it, it does seem to me that people will still look for professionals but what I think what you're saying is Innovesta could really help those uh, help those portfolio managers perform better yes and then the larger and more complex the portfolio is and if it's built from private companies Innovesta and other technologies will be the only way to really uh, look at those uh, be on top of what's going on. All right, so before we move to the next topic, just to tell our listeners if they want to learn more about Innovesta, uh, where can they find that? www.innovesta.co without the M, just C-O. Thank you. Very good. Okay, so now let's uh, move away from your current uh, company, Innovesta, and just a little something about you personally. As I said in my intro, you've been in high-tech leading organizations in software technology for over 25 years. That, According to my math, that puts you even before the dot-com era. Okay. <laughs> um, could you tell us something about your journey through the, through the high-tech world? Sure, with pleasure. Um, it, it, it has been a few decades now. So I've uh, started in the Israeli Air Force uh, in software coding, and that uh, opened my eyes to the world of uh, you know, computer science. I am a mathematician by education and uh, also a statistics major. And thank God those uh, sciences uh, have more or less uh, you know, stayed close to their truth 30 years ago. And I must just insert assert a second. I I have a BA in accounting and an MBA, and we never could avoid statistics. Right, <laughs> those were, you know, that that was that was unavoidable. No matter what degree I was getting, I exactly. always had to get through one or two statistics courses. So, in retrospect, you know, looking uh, now uh, 25 years uh, ago, uh, I like high tech because of its ability to change things. Uh, the need to always explore new models. The pace of it excites me. I have run companies in different verticals, as you mentioned, cybersecurity, knowledge management, quality assurance, and also been in a social impact fund. So it's been an amazing journey. I, I don't know other verticals that are so, you can be so diverse and still get experience that's relevant to your next role or mission. So I get to build things, and I learn literally every day. In addition, uh, you know, uh, I have explored and I studied leadership in Harvard and other places. So those two together uh, get me thinking. And I, I think it has been a bumpy ride, like all of us in high tech, because the market keeps going up and down from the right reasons or not the right reasons, but there's always something happening external to what. Uh, you're doing in the company, but that agility and uh, that ability to really build things and in a few years see them flourish, I think that's how uh, and why I continue to be in the high-tech world. Uh, I wouldn't change it. Okay, that's very, very uh, insightful and uh, someone who's been in high-tech for so long. Let me move on to another thing that I mentioned in the intro, that you, you're a co-founder of SuperSonus, an organization to empower women in the workplace, anecdotally being the father of five women. 
uh, I'm interested in empowering women in the workplace uh, and get them to places where decisions are being made. Do you, do you see this initiative succeeding? And how has it changed since you began your career? So uh, supersonas and gender equality is very close to my heart. Um, I think we all have a daughter, a niece, a sister, a mother. It's truly important. Uh, we can absolutely see movement. I, I do see movement. As a high-tech executive, you know, I want it to be faster, as I said before. Mm -hmm. I'm learning to practice uh, patience here. Um, I think what we've built with the leadership of Hannah Rado, who created Supersona in Israel, is really in a relatively short time, a few years, uh, we've increased awareness and created a new community of powerful women that are looking to say more, speak more, be aware of what's going on. And I think each one of us moves the needle every day a little bit at its workplace. It's not perfect. It's far from being perfect. I think uh, globally, we're in a transition phase on those topics uh, regarding gender equality and uh, you know, discrimination uh, of women in general. I think people are definitely aware. And I also believe most workplace and executives and men running businesses want to do the right thing. But the how isn't clear yet. It will cost money, you know, at the end of the day, businesses uh, work. And it's going to cost money to have just this basic example of women getting the same salary as men. It's going to cost money to switch management. It's going to cost money to accept uh, different roles of women, including the fact we get to have babies and we get to go on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. But I... I think all of it is uh, is coming, and uh, I want to say I hope there's no way of going back, but um, I, I look at it as a transition phase. Uh, we have a very interesting, good uh, community of supersonas in New York, and uh, that adds another layer of it because it's uh, we're all Israelis based in New York, executives in different places, and it's a very interesting conversation and networking that goes in there, how we can help each other, how can we understand more of, uh, you know, the common themes of issues we're facing at work. I think there is a progress, uh, not perfection yet. Yeah, I even think to my own experience uh, many, many years ago when I was getting my MBA at the University of Michigan, I, I'm recalling now my first day of orientation and we were in a big lecture room and uh, when the le when the orientation ended, I remember a, a handful, literally a handful of women who were in that class sort of raised their hands and one said to the others, could you come up to the top row and let's talk? In other words, they were such a small group. Um, I sensed that if I went to orientation this year of the University of Michigan MBA class, I, I'd probably see half the class at least being women. Um, so at least the from an educational point of view, I, I sense that there's a lot more people, women out there who can take on these roles and jobs. I sure hope so. I know in some areas of the world more than others, but uh, uh, it's our uh, role, I, I say to my generation, you know, to do the best we can in being successful and not giving up and uh, sharing examples with the younger generation that it's possible. So I uh, think continue to move. Good. Yeah. Um, I understand that you're also involved in investing in a way that creates a social impact. Can you describe to my listeners how investing in technology can be both profitable and improve the world? 
Sure. This is a great conversation, Philip. Thank you. You're asking me all the questions that I so care about. Okay, good. We all, you know, there are areas in the world or communities in the world that uh, that need help, need more money, need uh, the way to address them traditionally has been with nonprofits. Uh, I think uh, that uh, model will continue, but it lacks sometimes the means of accelerating processes, accelerating solutions. It's always depending on more donations. If the market goes down, you get more, you know, less donations in your nonprofit. You can do less. I think technology is a real way to create impact and to help different communities have access to solutions, whether it's agriculture, education in different areas of the world, medical technology, of course, uh, clean tech, assistive technology. There's so many areas where uh, allowing people to use technology will actually accelerate the social impact that amazing, excellent nonprofits are trying to achieve. The model is people are used to either having a pocket of donations or a pocket of making money. But I believe those, there's a third pocket of giving money to make money for a good cause. Maybe those uh, are not uh, exits like Waze or Mobili for people, but they can definitely be, and they're examples of great sustainable companies, successful, that allow uh, more and more um, economical structures, you know, and money to come in to help the same causes. I strongly believe that uh, we'll see more and more of it. The large uh, organizations, the brick and mortars, have now all created funds for impact investments in different uh, projects. Some of them are technology funds. And also the market of the, you know, solutions is developing. Uh, in Israel, I think we're not just, you know, startup nations. We're also social tech nations. There's a lot of great activity in that space. And I offer everybody who listens to check it out. Search on Google. Go to see amazing people creating amazing technologies. And yes, they do make money. Okay, that's, uh, I think that's something we all, uh, the more we hear about our planet, how important it is uh, that to save our planet, we have to attract capital. Um, but maybe that's ho- that, that's where the hope lies, um, at least in, in some of the environmental issues. Uh, my last question is uh, not about one of your businesses, but just to ask you besides your work and social endeavors, what, what do you do for fun? Okay, that's the first difficult question. How do you find time for fun? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sure you. I'm sure your work is fun in many ways. I, I'm yes. sure, you know. I split my time between um, Israel and the United States. Uh, so fun uh, in this uh, last few years is spending time with my uh, kids who are uh, here in the U.S. Family, friends. Walking along the Jaffa Beach would be fun for me, um, mm-hmm. or the Hudson, for that matter. Dancing, going to theater, those are the things that uh, I get to do when uh, I've answered all the emails and WhatsApps, and <laughs> I want my brain to stop thinking for a minute. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, I thank you very much, Yali. Um, they want to know about your social impact investing. Uh, where, where would they look for that? They will go to impactfirst.com, I-M-P-A-C-T, number one, is the number, dot com, and uh, see activities there, and uh, just uh, not only about uh, what we are doing, but uh, mainly look at social impact in Israel, 
research it. It's unbelievable. All right. This has been a great, great conversation. I thank you for taking the time from your busy schedule, and I'll let you get back to those emails and WhatsApps, but I hope maybe you can take take a walk today. Uh, if you're in Israel, so you, you can, although it's a little hot today along the along the seashore, but thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein and Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn. 